Greetings, my peeps, and welcome to the All Things Basketball Podcast with your boy GD. In this episode, I will give you my play-in preview of the for the playoffs, the play-in games for the East and the West, and then I will give you my breakdown of the Lakers. The Lakers season, I'll break down and give you the grades for each player, as well as Frank Vogel and Rob Palenka. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Okay, guys, so we have, we're now into the play-in, which is before the playoffs. So that consists of four teams from each division from the East and the West. And first up, you have the Cleveland Cavaliers going to the Brooklyn Nets to face uh, the Nets, obviously, in uh, Barclay. And for Cleveland, of course, Darius Garland, who had the fantastic year, all-star, all of that. Um, Also, you had the sensational rookie, Evan Mobley over there. Jared Allen, who's still out with the fractured fingers. So, um, so. and then you have other pieces there. You still have a a guy like uh, Kevin Love, who... You know, he got him a chip with with uh, LeBron and those guys there. So, uh, so they have some nice uh, pieces over there. Of course, they're coached by J.B. Bickerstaff, who's done a fine job with that team this year. Uh, so they're playing the Nets. Uh, they're they're the eight seed playing the seven seed, which is the Nets. And that's we all know about all the that's going on with them in the season. Kyrie not getting vaccinated and then KD going down with the injury. So, and of course, Harden being traded at the trade deadline. You bring in Ben Simmons along with Seth Curry and Andre Drummond. So, a team that has had a pretty good uh, makeover. So... And then down the stretch, then uh, you had uh, KD, of course, uh, playing above and beyond, as well as Kyrie. Uh, so much so. And then the schedule makers just did them a favor down the stretch, giving them a cupcake schedule. Um, so they were able to overtake Cleveland and take that seventh spot. So. So now, with the luxury of playing in Barclay, the Barclay Center, they now face Cleveland. So, uh, my prediction for that game, I imagine Brooklyn would win. Uh, they In the series, they are undefeated against the Cavs at home, so they have that going for them. Uh, do I see a possible Cleveland win coming out of this? I mean, it's possible. I like their chances better if they had Jared Allen. But uh, it's possible. But would it happen? No. Would I be surprised if it happened? Probably not because Cleveland's been pretty good all year. And the Nets still have issues. 
I, you know, I know the uh, Stephen A's of the world want to think that they'll go all the way to the finals and all that sort of stuff, but this is a team that can't defend. They cannot defend. So, and if you look, even those games down the stretch, it took a Herculean effort against the Knicks at Madison Square Garden for them to win that game. Uh, KD and Kyrie had to play the full second half of that game. So, uh, listen, if this is kind of a nip and tuck game, don't be surprised if you'll see more of the same of that where, you know, they're uh, KD and Kyrie is overextending themselves. They got to get some help from the pieces around them, that's for sure. So, uh, so you have that there. But nonetheless, I foresee, yeah, probably Brooklyn will end up winning this. But again, if they didn't win this, I wouldn't be surprised. So, um, in any event, so that's my prediction on that game. And then your second game in the East, the Charlotte Hornets going to Atlanta to face the Hawks. So, now this... For the Charlotte Hornets, uh, this season has been kind of what you expected, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of. You knew they'll be, like, at least in that playing sort of position. So, uh, I don't think they underachieved. I uh, don't think they overachieved. I think they finished where you thought they would finish in, in this tough East. So, uh you got, of course, LaMelo Ball, the all-star there. Um, Terry Rozier, who's playing well. Miles Bridges, who's having a fantastic season. No Gordon Haywood. He's going to be out with the uh, foot um, foot injury uh, pretty much indefinitely. So there's that. You still have a guy like P.J. Washington. You have him. You got a guy like Montrez Harrell coming off your bench, Kelly Oubre Jr. So uh, this is a danger, kind of dangerous team here. And they're facing the Atlanta squad who, of course, everything begins and ends with Trey Young, of course. Um, and from all indications, John Collins will not be available for this game. So this is uh, kind of a blow to them. Because they would need a John Collins definitely, definitely in this sort of matchup here. You still have Clint Capella as your center. You got all your shooters. Uh, Kevin Herter, you have him. Bogdan Bogdanovich, uh, Danilo Gallinari, uh, DeAndre Hunter. So, I mean, they. they now, that's a team, Atlanta, who's kind of underachieved a bit. Uh, you thought they would be amongst the top six, but that didn't happen. So, uh, But nonetheless, uh, my prediction for this game, I'm, I'm going out on a limb, guys. I think Charlotte Hornets, I think the firepower that they have, um, I think they can kind of pull the upset here. So, I'm picking Charlotte to... Uh, Win this game and knock the Hornets out of uh out of the playoffs. Uh, I think um you know provided you know Atlanta's at home, but I think Charlotte is a team that can go on the road and kind of uh, sneak a win out of this one. So um, 
I'm picking Charlotte. So that would lead up to, um, of course, in the play-in, you have the loser of the 7-8. <coughs> Excuse me. Facing the uh, winner of the not the nine ten matchups, so that would lead Charlotte to go on the road again to face Cleveland. And I know I just talked about the firepower they have, but I think Cleveland being at home, I think that could be a feather in their cap. So. Uh, I do think it, it would be a close game, but I think in the end, Cleveland would pull it out. So, you would there have Brooklyn in the number seven spot and Cleveland in the number eight. So, that's the way I'm picking it there. So, would I be surprised if Charlotte uh, goes on the road back to back and uh, get these wins here? What shocked me, because, again, they got the firepower to do it. So, um, yeah, so so that's the way I'm calling that one, guys, in the East. So let us revert to the West. And in the West, you have in the 7-8 game, you have the L.A. Clippers going to Minnesota to face the Timberwolves. Uh, the Clippers this year, uh, of course... They've dealt with injury, injuries, injuries. Uh, of course, Kawhi, who hasn't played all year, uh, he's been out with the knee. Uh, Paul George missed the good portion of the season with his elbow. So, um, but he's back. He's, he's come back within the last week or so, and he's looking like the old uh, Paul George. So. Um, so right at the nick of time, you you'll have playoff Paul here. So, uh, and of course you have uh, guys like Reggie Miller, not Reggie Miller, Reggie Jackson. Uh, you also have Marcus Morris, of course, the newly acquired at the deadline, uh, Norman Powell, uh, who had an injury himself, but he's back. He's back in the lineup as well. So. Um, yeah, so L.A. Clippers, they go to Minnesota. The Timberwolves, of course, has had a pretty good year. Um, of course, they're led by Carl uh, Anthony Towns, their all-star. Of course, you have the up-and-coming Anthony Edwards, who's had a fine year, borderline all-star himself. D'Angelo Russell, of course, is there. Pat, Patrick Beverly. Um, yeah, so uh, a team that's played pretty well, you know, for most of the season. So they, But they, they end up in that seventh spot um, facing the Clippers. So my prediction for this game, I think... Tyron Lou wills his team to a road win here, and I'm picking the Clippers. Uh, again, the Clippers got hot at the right time, of course, and they get a lot of their pieces back. So I think the Clippers are a dangerous team in this playoffs, to be honest with you. So I'm picking them to win this one, uh, kind of pulling the upset here. 
And then your second game of the 9 and 10 teams, uh, San Antonio Spurs going to New Orleans to face the Pelicans. Uh, San Antonio, who many had buried for dead, to be honest, um, especially around the point of the All-Star break. So you figure, you know, there'll be a lottery team, so forth, what have you. But um, they kind of turned it on uh, in recent play. Uh, Greg Popovich, you know, he just became the all-time wins leader um, for regular season wins for a coach. Uh, they got DeJounte Murray, the all-star they have there over there. Uh, a lot of young pieces over there. Keldon Johnson you still have. Devin Vassell. Uh, and just just a nice little young nucleus that's trying to do a little something there. So, uh, so you have that, and Lonnie Walker the fourth. You have him also, and then on the Pelican side, well, they've just been playing well since they acquired uh, C.J. McCollum. So, you got C.J. McCollum there. Of course, you still have Brandon Ingram, a guy like. Uh, Giannis Valachunas, you have him as well. So, uh, the rookie Herbert Jones has played very well this year. So, uh, New Orleans Pelicans, uh, kind of, uh, surprised a bit. And remember guys, they did all this without Zion Williamson, who's still out with his foot injury. So, um, so my prediction here. I'm going to say San Antonio. I think they kind of uh, they kind of get the upset as well, um, and they get the win here uh, against the Pelicans, which would lead to a matchup. Of course, the loser of the seven eight faces the winner of the nine ten. San Antonio going to Minnesota, but I think Minnesota will hold them off. So. Um, so I'm predicting that Minnesota will win that game against San Antonio. So it would be the Clippers in the seventh spot, Minnesota in the eighth spot. So, uh, so it would be basically, uh, the Clippers leapfrogging the Timberwolves at that point. So, all right, guys. So that is my predictions for the play in. I'm going to give you my playoff predictions once everything is said and done with this, with the uh, play-in. So I'll break down the four matchups in the East, the four matchups in the West. And in fact, I'll probably give predictions all the way up to the finals. So uh, stay tuned for that. Okay, guys. So that's going to do it for me. I'm going to keep it nice and short and brief. But when you hear back from me, I will be doing a uh, season in uh, grades for the Knicks and for the Lakers. So, uh, so look for look for that coming up, guys. And then I'm gonna call it a day right here. So, all right. So again, thank you for listening, and we'll talk soon. Okay, guys. So. 
Let us break down the Lakers season, shall we? One that ended kind of abruptly, uh, if if you want to be honest about it. Uh, they were in a playoff play-in position, but they squandered that, to be honest with you. Um, and somehow let the Spurs sneak in and get by them in that regard. So, uh, the Lakers finishing 33-49. and 49. Who would have thought the Lakers would finish with a worse record than the New York Knicks? Wow. Wow. That And, and the ironic part is they still had a chance for the play-in. So, go figure. Oh, <laughs> oh the pain for the um, Laker Nation. So, uh, I feel for you. Uh, got a nephew and a niece who love them. So, um, uh, I'm sure they're... Um, feeling the pain right about now so in any event so all right so let us break down the lakers shall we so gonna start of course of course with where you always start lebron james lebron james played 56 games he actually had an opportunity to at the um well he scored 30.3 points per game he had a shot at the scoring title, but um, with the team eliminated, uh, he had a choice. He could have played those games and chased that scoring title, or he could have uh, just sat it out and said, uh, we'll run it back next year. And he chose to do the latter, so, um, which would have been his second scoring title, by the way. So, um, But... Nonetheless, he finishes with his second highest scoring average in a season with 30.3 points per game, 8.2 rebounds, 6.2 assists. He shot at 52.4 from the field, um, nearly six, um, 36% from the free throw three-point range. Uh, 75.6 from the free throw line, 1.3 steals, and a little over a block per game. So, all in all, LeBron James, you got to give him a, a 95 for this. I I understand. I get it. He missed uh, the equivalent of 26 games for this season. Um, I think... If they were still in the running, he probably would have tried to play some of those games down the stretch. So it could have been close to 60. But um, the man showed up when when the team was uh, in disarray. So uh, he's got to get credit for that. The reason I don't, well, 95 is a high grade. So uh, the reason he doesn't get a full 100, because... He was kind of in in the mix when it came to bringing in Russ, Russell Westbrook. So it wasn't like he was a outside bystander in that regard. So so for that, he gets a 95 grade. Oh, by the way, I'm giving number grades, not letter grades. So, all right. So that's my grade for LeBron. Next up, Anthony Davis. Uh, only played 40 games. Um... I kind of have a rule that if you play half the games, I probably give you incomplete. But in this case, 
Anthony Davis. He played the 40 games and he's, you know, he was a starter for those games. So, um, I have to look at it that way. So, anyhow, so he finishes with 23.2 points per game, almost 10 rebounds, a little over three assists, uh, 53.4 from the field he shot, uh, 71.3 from the free throw line. He also added uh, 2.3 blocks, 1.2 steals. So, Anthony Davis, always the issue with him is availability. So, he misses 32 games total um, with the various injuries that he suffered during the season. Whether it be the ankle, whether it be this and that, what have you. Uh, that's just the issue with Anthony Davis, which is why... I kind of took issue with him making the uh, the NBA 75 list. Um, yeah, um, because of that. So, um, I mean, if you want to penalize a, let's say, a Kyrie Irving for keeping him off the list because of that, why do you reward a Anthony Davis by putting him on the list with the kind of entry history he has? So, with that said, I give Anthony Davis a 75 grade. Why a 75 and not a failing grade? When the man did play, he played well. But the problem was when he played. So, that's, I can't take away from him. I could see if he played and he stunk up the joint, he didn't stick up the joint. So... Um, he played well in the games that he played. It's just that the availability was the issue. So I'm giving him a 75. So, which leads to Russell Westbrook, the much in battle. I think even more in battle than Julius Randle of the New York Knicks, to be honest. Actually, that that's very accurate to say. He was very much more in battle than Julius Randle because Westbrook, the expectation for him, whether he acknowledges it or not, was championship or bust. So uh, he wants to play it down. He did that in the media. Uh, they would ask him his expectation. He'd say, he'd throw the question back at the reporter and, you know, play those little games. So in any event, uh, played 78 games this season. So he he was there when LeBron wasn't there. He was there when Anthony Davis wasn't there. Um, and this is the numbers he put up, guys. Um, far cry from his triple-double days. 18.5 points per game, 7.4 rebounds, a little over 7 assists, a steal per game. Shot at 44.4% from the field, which, you know, kind of standard for a point guard um, for the most part. Didn't shoot it great from three-point range. Um, not even 30%, just a shade on un, uh, under that. And only 66.7% from the free throw line. So, Russell Westbrook, again, embattled. He faced all kind of criticism. Um, 
a lot of people felt this wouldn't work. Um, a lot of people are gloating over the fact that they were right in that. Um, but you thought at least, at least they'll make the play-in for crying out loud. You didn't think they'll miss the 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 play-in in the playoffs altogether with. You didn't think that. I know I didn't. I said even despite him, I thought he'd figure it out eventually. But you know it's hard because when you got LeBron in and out of the lineup, you got Davis with the lengthy injuries there. It is hard to get a rhythm with your new teammates when it's like that. That's that's just the truth of it, guys. Um, Actual basketball is not fantasy basketball where you just throw players together and it it works with the numbers. It actually has to be a feel there. So, um, and it just didn't happen. So, um... And even now, he's saying, you know, he he got too much blame. He, he It wasn't fair and so forth. Um, and then don't forget the fact that he is a West Coast kid, a California kid coming home to play in L.A. So um, he had that weight upon him, which, um, you know, that, that that's a tremendous weight. Not everybody can go home and play well. Um, so, with that, all of that said, I, I'm i giving them a 65. I'm giving them a 65. Um, I'm not giving him a failing grade, which I know people would love to do. Because he still did put up 18.5 points, which is a far cry from his actual average as well as the rebounds and assists. Uh, I'm surprised he, it, it was this much, to be honest. Um, but, um, yeah, so, to, to his defense, it's, it is hard to kind of gain a rhythm when players are shuffling in and out. So, uh, he didn't really have that in Washington, although, you know, Bradley Beal has kind of an injury history. And, and actually, Bradley Beal came to his defense um, uh, when, you know, a lot of the blame was getting thrown on him. So, kudos to Bradley Beal for that. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, 65 for Westbrook. Um, part of it, no fault of his own because of the... Um, the lineups and so forth, but um, he kind of got to take some of the blame for not being able to acquiesce with the LeBron's um, being the ball dominant guy and not wanting to give up that role. So, so that's my grade for him. Malik Monk. Malik Monk played seventy six games. Malik Monk really performed much better than I thought he would given the situation. Um, nearly 14 points per game, uh, 3.4 rebounds, just about three assists, shot at 47.3% from the field, which is pretty good for a long-range shooter like him, 
39% from three, nearly 80% from the free throw line. So Malik Monk, kind of a, a throwaway signing, so to speak. Um, but he performed much better than any of the um, these uh, free agent signings that they had um, just outside of Westbrook. So uh, Malik Monk, I give him an 88. I know you guys are saying that's kind of high, but he was called upon to do something that he had no business doing and being one of the guys, um, especially when Anthony Davis went down. Um, they needed they needed some scoring punch. You didn't know what you was going to get from uh, Russ. So Malik Monk, I think, performed better than I thought he would. So 88 for uh, Malik Monk. Carmelo Anthony. Played 69 games for them, a um, little over 13 points per game, a little over four rebounds, uh, assists, shot at 44% from the field, 37.5 from three, and 83% from the free throw line. Carmelo Anthony, another one of those kind of throwaway signing, although, you know, Carmelo Anthony, the name, and he's amongst the, the top 75, um, NBA 75. Um, Carmelo actually performed better than I thought he would in that setting. You know, he's not the Carmelo of old. He's not going to give you 20 points per game any longer, but he has value. He has value here. And the fact that I probably think he moves on, um, I thought, I thought the better deal for him was going to like a phoenix could you imagine him with a phoenix right now um with cp3 and those guys over there uh devin booker uh man whoo they actually could use a guy like that but um nonetheless it is what it is i think carmelo anthony when seasons end here i think he heads somewhere else Probably to another contender to kind of um, chase the ring, so to speak. Um, but I think he moves on elsewhere. So, Carmelo Anthony, I give him an 85. So, Talon Horton Tucker, uh, their young player that they actually re-signed and gave him a bunch of money. Um, played 60 games. He had his own injury issues that he was dealing with. Only 10 points per game. 3.2 rebounds, 2.7 assists, a steal, only 46 points, 41.6 from the field, um, 23, nearly 27% from three, which is horrendous, uh, and 80% from the free throw line. Now, Talon Horton Tucker was supposed to give you what Malik Monk gave you, but he didn't quite do that. Although he did miss, you know, 16 more games than Monk, but um, he was kind of supposed to, supposed to give you something. And even at the trade deadline, they were thinking of moving him. So he didn't quite perform up to snuff. Still a young guy, still, you know, some promise there, but um, definitely has to improve his shooting, that's for sure, particularly from three. So uh, I only give him a 68. I give him a 68 because, you know, he didn't. 
you know, injuries played a part in it, but all in all, um, he showed you some flash down the stretch, but all in all, he didn't give you what was expected of him. So, um, just a 68 for Horton Tucker. Uh, Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves, a rookie, um, who, another guy you weren't supposed to be kind of depending on, but he ended up doing so. 61 games he played, 7.33 points, 3.2 rebounds, nearly two assists per game, shot nearly 46% from the field, uh, 31.7 from three, and nearly 84% from the line. Austin Reeves, a lot of guys were raving about him. Of course, the Skip Baylesses of the world loved him. Um, Austin Reeves, I seems like he'll be a player in this league. Um, he was able to perform okay. Um, and then that last game, oh my gosh, he puts up a triple-double. But, um, yes, yeah, so Austin Reeves, I think he can be a help to this team. Depends on what happens when the dust settles after the offseason. But um, he's definitely played his way to be a um, you know contributor to this roster. So with all that said, for a rookie, I give him an 83. Because he performed much better than anyone could imagine he would, given the circumstance. They weren't supposed to hang their hat on him. So um, Austin Reeves, an 83. So... Wayne Ellington, one of those mercenaries they signed in free agency, uh, played 43 games, 6.7 points per game, nearly two rebounds, 41.3% from the field, um, nearly 39% from three-point range, 81.8 from the free throw line, so... With that said, Wayne Ellington, one of those guys they signed to kind of, you know, bolster the roster and so forth. Didn't quite give you what he needed to give you. Missed a lot of games. So, only an 87 grade for Wayne Ellington. So, Stanley Johnson, he was a late pickup um, that the Lakers had. 48 games, 6.7 points, like Ellington. Uh 3.2 rebounds, 1.7 assists. He shot at 46.6 from the field, 31.4 from three-point range, and 71.6 from the free throw line. Uh, Stanley Johnson, who played pretty good defense for this team, who really needed it because their uh, defensive efficiency was pretty bad. So they needed a guy like uh, Stanley Johnson in there. So given that fact, I give him a 72. Um, just because he kind of gave you kind of a different dimension than what you were getting. He was uh, kind of a key piece coming off the bench. He give you spot starts here and there. But uh, Stanley Johnson, he's a guy who I think could carve out a niche depending on what happens when the, um, again, when the dust settles with this team. So, Avery Bradley, uh, 62 games he played. Uh, a lot of starts he got. Um, 6.4 6 points per game. 2.2 rebounds. 
um, 42.3% from the field, above 39% from three-point range, and nearly 89% from the free throw line. Avery Bradley, probably on his last legs a bit, um, ended up being a starter next to uh, Russell Westbrook. Um, still kind of a defender there, although his defense have slowed as his years get later. Um, but, you know, he was able to start for this team. Um, didn't give you all that much. So, um, with that said, I give him a 75 for, you know, being somewhat available. Missed 20 games, though. But, um, you know, just being a... Just being there, pretty much. So, Avery, Avery Bradley, um, you probably wanted more from him, but, you know, the, um, that's all you're going to get at this point. So, uh, 75 grade. Dwight Howard... He appeared in 60 games, 6.2 points per game, 5.4 rebounds, 61% from the field. You know him. He's he's going to give you that, uh, given the opportunity. And then 65.8% from the free throw line, which for him is kind of pretty good considering. I give him a 70 because there was instances where he had to come in and start so forth because with no Anthony Davis you needed some size and he give you that but I think Dwight Howard um at this point um I don't think he's going to give you all that much he I would say he's probably closer to the end than um than he probably realizes <laughs> so uh yeah so that's it's a 74 Dwight Howard Trevor Ariza only 24 games played. In fact, he was cut just before the season ended. So, um, he started a little bit, uh, half of his games that he played. But, uh, he's another player that's, um, he's at the end of his ropes. So, uh, with that said, he gets an incomplete. Kenneth Bazemore, 39 games for him. Uh, another guy that's, Heading towards the end as well. Kenneth Bazemore. So I give him an incomplete. So that's my grade for him. Uh, that's all the players guys. So now to Frank Vogel and Rob Palenka. Frank Vogel who ended up losing his job. Um, uh, like most people are saying through no fault of his own. He was given the oldish roster as was, plus um, he he had to incorporate Russell Westbrook into what they did, um, losing a lot of valuable pieces in Kyle Kuzma, Montrez Harrell, and KCP. Um, you ended up losing um, Catavius Caldwell Pope, so. Um, and he, 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 he just, he, he, they gave, they gave him lemons. He couldn't make lemonade. So, um, you know, that's no fault of his own. 
He had nothing to do with the roster construction. He was given this roster and said, go out there and win a championship with this. I mean, come on. Are you serious? Uh, that That's asking a whole lot. It really is. So, um, With that said, um, I give him a 76th grade. Um, I know they finished 16 games under 500. And he, too, he dealt with um, COVID a bit. He had to miss some games with that. So uh, David Fisdale came in for him. Didn't get much out of the team either. So um, so that's why I say even with that, um, you really can't fault him. He'll land on his feet. Somebody's going to give him employment. Trust me when I tell you that. He will not go into next season without either a head coaching job or assistant head coach. So, um, yeah. So, pe- people will look at the situation he was in, feel bad for him, and he'll get he'll get a job. Trust me. So, he's not going to be on the sideline long. So, I give him a 78. Rob Palenka, on the other hand, he's the one who signed all these mercenaries, including a guy who I didn't even mention because he didn't play all year. Kendrick Nunn, who they got from uh, Miami. He didn't play all season long. So, I mean, he was uh, he was uh, behind Russell Westbrook coming here. He was behind them getting uh, Wayne Ellington, bringing in uh, Trevor Ariza, bringing in a Ken- Kent Bazemore, Bringing back a Dwight Howard for his third stint here. Uh, bringing in Carmelo Anthony, Malik Monk. Those signings worked out for them. But the Russell Westbrook trade was an utter disaster. In uh, those other signings, just they just weren't good. They weren't good. And you, again, you lost a lot going out the door when you got Russ. So um, Rob Palenka has to carry that blame and with that said he gets a 64 he's getting a failing grade because he's the one who constructed this um fiasco so um he's the architect behind it and that's the way it is you know the rob parkers of the world want to say it was lebron bringing in all these pieces but no you gotta give you gotta give it where it belongs and that's that was under Rob Palenka's watch. So, all right, guys. So, with that said, I am done. Um, probably. So, this will probably be with my play and preview uh, episode. So, they'll be within that. And then the separate episode will be the Knicks, um, where I break that down as well. All right, guys. So, that's it for me. I'm done. Again, thank you for listening. And take care. We'll talk soon. So, my peeps, if you enjoy what you're listening to, you can follow me on my Facebook page, GD That Sports Dude. You also can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at GD That Sports Dude. And also on Twitter, you can find me at GD That Sport Dude. Also, you can email me at that sports dude gd at gmail.com. 
You can also support me through my Zelle at that same email address. And also on anchor.fm slash gd that sports dude. You can hit the support button there to contribute to this podcast and also like me there as well. And again, I thank you for listening to this content.